0: You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. You may be seated. Could you just take a, a, a quick minute And just, uh, kids, could you do this too? Could we just take a moment and just be silent and recognize what God is doing in our lives? Recognize our deep need for Him right now in whatever you're facing. Kids, I know, I, I I have two younger kids, but this year has been tough. Wearing masks all day long, not being able to connect and really sit next to those You call friends and being isolated and spread out in the lunchroom. It's just, I'm so sorry. So parents, I'd like to just, uh, if your kid's with you, just put your arm around them. Can we pray for our kids and our teachers right now? Jesus, you tell us to come to you whenever we're in need, and so we do that today. God, we're in need across the board. First of all, we need you spiritually. We need you to save our souls. Jesus, we can't do it on our own. We need what you did on the cross for us. And so we receive you, Jesus, and the work that you did for us on the cross by forgiving our sins and shedding your blood to do that. Lord, we need you in this country and in this world of brokenness and sin and corruption and evil, division and hate, murder and all sorts of sorcery and, and, and manipulation and control and selfishness and, and jealousy and bitterness, God. Forgive our nation. Forgive us for allowing that to go on in our families, in our church. We need you in our schools, God. We know that public schools have pushed you out. But you know what? Our kids are the doorway that you want to enter into our schools. I believe that, Lord. And so would you draw our kids hearts to you by the gospel of Jesus, change them. I remember when I was seven years old and the Holy Spirit got a hold of my heart and I got baptized with such joy. I was so not a great kid, but I was filled with the goodness of God so often I went my way, I went my rebellious ways, I went my undisciplined ways, but God, you always brought me back. And I pray that you would just capture the hearts of these kids right now. Bring a light and life into their hearts. Equip the moms and dads to draw their hearts to what is most important, and that's you, Jesus. Let us get right with you, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're in uh, the season, season, excuse me, we're in the series called The Beatitudes, which we have titled Get Real. We wanna get real. Our vision here at our church, at Elevation Community Church is to, to see real people, be real to who they are. Bumps and bruises, blessings and baggage, whatever it is to come as you are because that's how God accepts us. But he also wants us to be real with our sin and with our brokenness so that he can repair us and mold us and shape us to grow up as the church was designed to do, into maturity, into the ways of Christ, into leading others to Christ. It's called discipleship. Hello, (laughs) it's called discipleship. We're called to grow up so that we can then help others grow. And so in this series of the Beatitudes, we're saying it like this, Christ has called us to be the attitude. Can you say be the attitude? attitude. Kids, can you say "Be be the attitude? Yeah, be the attitude of Christ. It's the first time that the Beatitudes really made sense to me when I understood that they were the attitudes of the heart that Christ was modeling. Do you realize that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks? As a person thinks in their mind, so they become. And that's why Jesus said, if you wanna follow me, you must deny yourself, humble yourself, realize your spiritual bankruptcy and follow me as my ways become your ways, my thoughts, your thoughts. And so if you are a proclaiming Christian and you've received the work of the cross that Jesus did for you, your design is to grow in the attitude and the ways of Christ. And so we're gonna look at that today. One of the most saddest things in the church across the world, not even in America, is when churches get stagnant and they do no spiritual good on the outside. They get stagnant from being comfortable, from eating from the spiritual buffet of everything that meets their needs, but they never live out the blessings to impact others. May that not be so of us. And that's why we're taking our time in this series. I thought we were gonna do two to three Beatitudes a week. Not happening. We're gonna do one today and uh, we'll see what what God does for the following weeks. But I just wanna give you a little preface of where we are. We've said that the uh, Beatitudes are the constitution of the Christian faith. This is what Jesus set forth in modeling the heart posture and the mindset of Jesus. So today, if I step on your toes, know that it's my prayer that it's not me. It's actually the Holy Spirit doing a work in you. And even though it doesn't feel good, hopefully the results of Christ making you uncomfortable and challenging you and convicting you, and maybe even doing some spiritual surgery, it will allow you to grow to the next step. We do this staircase. I've been showing you this staircase image. And the Beatitudes are very much like that. It starts at the foundation, and each Beatitude builds itself on the other. What we're gonna see in a couple weeks is that um, the first four steps are actually more the attitude of the heart and the mind. The other half of the steps are the fruit of that posture. So we see the posture of our hearts in these first four steps that then drive how we live our lives, okay? So you can't just live your life as a Christian, expect the fruits of the spirit just to show up if you're not planted in the attitude of Christ. So blessed are the poor in spirit. This is more intellectual. This is more of understanding your depraved state without God, the separation between you and God, and that there is no earthly good within you that could ever please the most holy, perfect God. Honestly, this is not just the first step in maturity. This is a prerequisite to being saved. You cannot be saved while thinking that what you do will allow you to grow in Christ will earn you a right standing with God. That's not how the kingdom of God works. It's not based on you, amen, thank you, Jesus. It's based on the work of the cross. And you see, grace is undeserved favor. You don't deserve it and you can't earn it. And so you receive the free gift that Christ gave. We become a new creation when we're poor in spirit, when we understand by grace, you have been saved. And it's not of your own doing, so no one will boast. It's an act of God, so that he would get the glory. That's what it's about. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Mourning is more of an emotional attitude, meaning the same thing of the first step, but more emotional. Grieving over our brokenness of humanity. Grieving over a rebellion and constant resistance to God's heart. It's that whole analogy or that picture of weeping over spitting in God's face. And by the way, something came to me this week. I was listening to a podcast. I listened to a lot of podcasts, so I can't even remember what one it was, but they said this and it floored me. They said, do you know how much you're loved? Well, we all say, well, God loves us, right? God loves us. Try saying this, I am worth the death of Jesus. That's how much God loves you. I am worth the death of Jesus. That's how much God loves me. Man, talk about, being comforted by knowing our sinful spiritual bankruptcy and knowing that it was because of Jesus's death. It was because of Jesus's death that we are able to stand before a holy God and live. Blessed are the meek. This is an attitude and a posture that Jesus modeled in the very start of his arrival by becoming a lowly, meek baby, fully dependent on his mama and daddy to raise him up in the ways of the Lord. He was humble. Philippians 2 says that he took on the form of a servant. He put on human flesh and he emptied himself. You see, the attitude of Christ built on the foundation of our spiritual bankruptcy is one of humility and gentleness towards others because we realize that there is nothing good within our flesh. And today's builds on this. Today's beatitude is this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied." Take a quick time out. If you were here or watching last Sunday, I gave you an illustration of our dependency on Christ. As someone hooked up to a ventilator, fully dependent on that ventilator to breathe for them and to function in their body, to keep their organs, their blood flowing and everything healthy enough to survive. And we related it to our dependence, our humility, our full assurance is grounded in our dependence on Jesus. We're dependent on Jesus for our very next breath. And so often what happens in church is people come to Sunday and they get excited about worship and you should, and the teaching and wow, pastor, that was, you hit that out of the park and that was amazing. And then all of a sudden they leave their ventilator, they disconnect from the ventilator, leave it on their chair and go out into the world the same as they came in. Can't, you can't grow in Christ by hooking up to oxygen and life just once a week. Where was I going with that? (laughs) Our dependence needs to be fully on Jesus. So many of you remembered that illustration and I'm just gonna ask you rhetorically and I'm gonna give you 20 seconds to think about it. How have you been doing hooking up to the ventilator of Christ, time with him in his word while you're busy and working, still in his presence and mindful of God. How well have you stayed connected to the life source of Jesus this week? I promise you, the more you depend on Christ, the more you will see the results and people will notice. Today's beatitude is blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. I think we can gain much of this hunger and thirst uh, subject matter by examining these two real life scenarios. Uh, For me anyways, maybe you haven't experienced this. Have you ever gone to the grocery store when you are absolutely hungry? Don't, you will spend double what you thought you were going to spend (laughs) because everything looks great. Give me the carbs, right? Give me the cheese, give me goodness. And you just keep going and then you wonder, What did I do? And then you eat all that stuff and now you're sick and you're worse off than when you were hungry. What about thirst? When you are so thirsty, maybe you just got done exercising or maybe you just got done being active in your office chair, right? And you go to the the lunchroom or, or, or the staff room and you go to the drink vending machine And there's Dasani water, and there's some Gatorade, and then there's Dr. Pepper, and there's Pepsi, there's Sunkiss, there's Mountain Dew. And very seldom, unless you're disciplined not like me, you end up taking a Mountain Dew or a Dr. Pepper or a Coke. It's not Pepsi, by the way, it's Coke, just saying. very seldom pick the water. You know that the water is going to be good for you, and it's going to fill your need or your thirst. But man, everything else looks so good. The sugar. (laughs) And then you drink the soda, or you drink the sugar water, shall I say, and you feel worse. It doesn't quench your thirst. It makes you more thirsty. That's what Jesus is saying here. And he's trying to give us a principle of living spiritually, of recognizing, number one, our thirst and our hunger, and then understanding that there is only one source that will satisfy that hunger or thirst. And then we're gonna look at some real practical things that pretty much all of us have dealt with or struggle with in our lives. George Herbert, a poet in early 1600s, he said it this way. He said, restlessness and longing are universal traits of the human heart. Every human breathing and living, their soul is hungry and thirsty. And we all pursue our lives to quench that thirst and hunger within us. Sadly, so many people pursue and feed on the wrong things where it just leaves them more empty. And so then they think they need more and they go to greater depths of things that fill their temporary quick pleasures, but leave them even more empty. This is exactly what Jesus is getting to. Saint Augustine, he was a theologian and a bishop in uh, 396 to 430 AD. He said this, thou, O Lord, madest us for thyself and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. You see, We need to get the image and the picture in our minds that God has created us for himself in relationship. That is when the fireworks go off. That's when alignment happens in our lives. And that's where we start to reap the rewards of the blessings that Jesus is referring to. God created us for him. And so when we find our rest in him, Alone, that is when everything begins to have alignment. I didn't say everything is perfect and a bed of roses and everything goes our way. But God always gives us exactly what we need when we need it. You look at that in the uh, the Israelites wandering through the wilderness, they never went without ever. And yet they still found reasons to complain. They longed for Egypt to fill the thirst and the hunger that God delivered them from. Bondage and slavery that people in our lifetime have not known. And yet they're longing for that. God blessed them with manna from heaven, food, water from a rock, and said, I will give you everything you need for each day. Do not hoard up the food that you don't need. Well, they did anyways. What happened? Maggots. It rotted before them. Jesus here is saying when we hunger and thirst for something that comes from God and God alone, we will never be thirsty or hungry for anything else. Again. So I'd like for us to look first at what God is calling us to. Then I want to define what righteousness looks like. And then we're gonna get practical. We're gonna get real. So Isaiah 55, Isaiah 55 says this, you can turn there, Take a picture of the slide or go to your phone app. This is the English standard version. And it says this, this is God calling to his people. Come, everyone who thirsts. That's everyone who thirst. We all have longings in our spirits and our hearts. And God says, come, come to the waters. He is not talking about H2O. He is not talking about Dasani. He is not talking about river water. He is talking about spiritual water that refreshes the soul. He says, come to the waters. He who has no money, come. It's not about going to the market and buying food for your physical body. You don't need money for this. God has made it available for us. Come, buy, and eat. This is not talking about eating a smorgasbord at Old Country Buffet or Golden Corral. This is about eating upon the things of God that he offers to give us to satisfy the hunger and thirst within us. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and you labor for that which bread? will never satisfy, listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Could you just do me a favor kids, say the word delight. Delight. Now let's say it together, ready, delight, delight. Do you know what that word means in the Hebrew? You do? awesome. It means to be moldable. It means to be shaped, willing and pliable. So let's look at that again in the context of that term. Eat what is good, the things of God, consume it and be molded and shaped by the rich food God gives you. Incline your ear and come to me, hear that your soul may live. God is presenting a call and a challenge that there is only one source of living water and heavenly bread and food that we can consume ourselves and it will meet our every need. That's why Jesus said in the wilderness, when he was tempted 40 days and 40 nights without water or food and Satan comes to him. Don't you hate it? Satan just knows your weaknesses. He doesn't know everything, but he knows where you're weak and he came to Jesus and he knew he was starving. Said Jesus, you're the Messiah. You just turn these stones to bread and eat, come on. Why are you doing this? And Jesus knew and he had spiritual eyes to see because he had the attitude of the kingdom of God. And he said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus understood the only life source for his hunger and thirst of his soul was found in his father. And now because of Jesus's death on the cross, paying your penalty, now we can have relationship with God, him in us and us with him. That's good news, very good news. And so he's calling us to feed and drink on the life source that only he offers, but friends, That means you're going to need to let go of the things that the world provides for your thirst and your hunger. You have to let it go, you have to die to this. Jesus said, he prayed in John 17 that we would not be taken out of the world for his sake, but that we would be in the world, not of it. You see, we can live in the world. We can benefit from the blessings of the wealth and the, and the food and the entertainment. We can, we can live in that blessing, but we're never called to be of it, meaning that that is where we gain resources and everything else we need for our hunger and thirst. And sadly, Christians in this world, they don't know the difference. Is anyone getting this? Cause this is important. We have to understand first and foremost of what we've been filling our spiritual souls with, you know, um, my wife and I, uh, my wife's a registered dietitian, and now she plays with food all day in food science lab and, uh, loves it. But she, she's always been fascinated with the human body and how it's wired and designed and just recently our whole family did a, uh, food sensitivity test. And we realized, oh my gosh, that's why we're getting headaches. That's why we're getting stomach uh, inflammation is because we're eating stuff that our body is really highly sensitive to. And then my wife and I took it one step further and we went and got a genetics test. Whoa, that was eye-opening. And our doctor, uh, Christian man, uh, stood before us and said, this is how God made you. This is how he wired you. And now, because the broken world we live in, and all the pollution, and the different chemical imbalances, and different things we put in our body, we have kind of um, defected some of our bo- uh, some of how we're wired in our DNA. And so it was amazing to see that okay, my body doesn't detox well. My body doesn't react to this well. And my body, you know, my body's for for instance, I can't. Methylate, for those of you who are in the medical world, you'll know what this means. I can't methylate vitamin B at all. That means it doesn't break it down and my body doesn't absorb vitamin B. So now that I know that, I get to take methylated vitamin B. And now my body gets to take it in. Why do I mention my personal health to you? It's because our spiritual health is the same thing, and yet Christians walk around not knowing what their body needs, and they fill it with the things of the world, and then they wonder why they're not satisfied. They wonder why they're empty, and they feel so disconnected from God. You need to know. You need to know what your soul needs, and you need to know where to get it. C. C S. Lewis. Amazing, amazing Christian writer known for Chronicles of Narnia. Says this, if I find myself in a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. When you die to your worldly sinful self, and you're born again in the spirit, Christ lives in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Father lives in you in reconciliation and restoring himself to you. When you do that, when you become a new creation, your identity is not grounded in this world anymore. It is grounded in the things of the kingdom of God. We're not called to look at like the world. So many churches blend right on into society. That was never the design. It's because we are foreigners here. We are sojourners, the Bible says. We are ambassadors of a heavenly kingdom. If you believe that, then where you find your source of food and drink for your soul will be different than what the world provides. Don't believe me, let's look at, I'm just gonna throw out four scriptures to you real quick. Psalms 42 verse two, David says, my soul thirsts for the living God. Psalm 63 one says, God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek the word, no, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Psalm 63, five, you satisfy me with the richest of food and my lips will praise you. Psalms 145, 16, you open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. This is where Jesus is coming from when he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. He doesn't stop there because let's all admit we all hunger and thirst. It's the hidden word that says for, F-O-R. What do we hunger and thirst for? Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, say righteousness for they shall be satisfied. So friends, let me just ask you before we go into application, let me ask you, what does righteousness mean to you? Because we teach, I, t- I teach all the time about righteousness for salvation. Righteousness for salvation, here we're starting for this, uh, the first two steps on the staircase again. Righteousness for salvation is in order to be saved, we need to recognize our deep need to be saved and that it doesn't come from anything we could ever do or earn. It is the right standing with God. And in order to be standing right with God, you need to be holy and blameless and perfect like he is. That ain't happening on our own. It's when Jesus comes as the bread of life. Jesus comes as the sacrificial lamb to take away the sins of the world. And he comes, he is the righteousness of God. He is perfect, he is sinless. He is without stain or wrinkle or blemish. He is the righteous one. And because of Christ, when we put our hope and trust in him and we become a new creation and we start walking in the ways of God, Friends, things start to change. We begin to hunger and thirst for righteousness, but it's not, Jesus is not talking necessarily about the righteousness we need for salvation. That is being justified in Christ alone. You in Christ have right standing with God. Let me ask you a question on a scale from zero to a hundred in percentage. Zero to a hundred percent. Right now where you're sitting, where you're watching, how holy and perfect are you right now? Some of you well, probably about 20%, 50%. Anyone a hundred percent? Let me ask you this, just, I'm not trying to embarrass anyone. Just raise your hand. If you've been saved by grace, saved by grace, saved by Jesus, all of you should be raising your hand at hundred percent. It doesn't change because God never changes. Doesn't change based on your circumstances, based on your temptation and your failure. It's only based on Jesus's righteousness and holiness. You have right standing with God because of the cross of Jesus. That's grace. That is grace. Now, the righteousness that Jesus is talking about here is the living, the byproduct, the action and behavior that comes out of you understanding your right standing with God. That's what we hunger for. That's what we thirst for is that the righteousness of God, the things of God, the holiness, the, the the fruit of the spirit would be produced in us. And then when we start growing in that and the, the people who are growing up in the maturity of Christ, now their hunger and thirst is not for themselves because righteousness is flowing in and out of them. It is for other people, other Christians to grow in this and start living out righteousness. That's righteousness. It's right living out of your right standing with God. Righteousness is right, holy, perfect living that comes out of your right standing with God because of Jesus. Isn't that good news? So I'd like to give you this definition of righteousness that I believe is what Jesus is getting at in Matthew chapter 5. Righteousness that we are designed and called to hunger and thirst for is all about being filled and satisfied with the things of God to be lived out and spread to others. Righteousness that we are designed for in Christ and we are hunger and thirst for is all about being filled and satisfied with the things of God to be lived out and spread to others. This is why Jesus, this is why Jesus said with the woman at the well, who, who she was so confused. Number one, she was a Samaritan and Jews weren't supposed to relate or even, I mean, social distancing wasn't far enough for, good, uh, for Samaritans to be with Jews. And yet Jesus is starting to flip the tables on what the kingdom of God looks like. And he said, woman, please give me a drink for they were at the well. And then they go into the conversation and he talks about this living water that people thirst for. A living water that once you drink it, you will never thirst again. And she was so confused. And finally he said, look, I'm the Messiah. I am the one who has come. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Those who believe in me, those who trust in me, they will drink of my living water and they will never thirst again. And then later on in the gospels, he says that those who believe in Christ, rivers of living water will flow through them. That's righteousness, water is a symbol so often in the scripture as righteousness, perfection, the Holy Spirit, cleansing, purity. That's the kind of water that in Christ flows through us. Anyone who drinks of this water in the well will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink from the water that I give, guess what he was thinking about? The cross, the forgiveness, the reconciliation, the restoration. Those who drink from that will never thirst again. Yet, friends, we have to understand in the world that we're living, we all have a choice. That's God's gift to us is love. He doesn't force us to be his children. He gives us a choice. And so every moment and every day, and especially when we're thirsty and hungry in our souls, we choose where we quench our thirst and hunger from. We choose what we consume to fill that need. And sadly, so many Christians are lost and confused and they forgot that there is only one source of life that will satisfy this is why Jesus, uh, uh, John the Beloved said in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, he says, do not love the world nor the things that it offers you. This is John the Beloved's teaching us today. I needed this. I struggled with this this week. I was thirsty and I was hungry and there were times where I choose to be filled by the things that would not satisfy me. I'm right there with you. I'm just about four inches higher right now. That's it. Do not love the things of this world it offers you for when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Meaning you don't have the food and the water of the kingdom of God in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. We want more and more and more. And then it leaves us even emptier than we were before. That's where addictions start. These are not from the Father, but of the world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. And Jesus says in Matthew six, a chapter after the Beatitudes, same sermon. He says, why do you worry about the things that you need for tomorrow? Why do you worry about not having enough food for tomorrow? Why do you worry about these things? He says, seek first, seek first the kingdom of God. Pursue God for what you need, but seek him first and his righteousness and he will give you everything you need. What are you seeking first for your needs? because that will be very telling of what you're pursuing to fill those needs. So, almost time up, and I'd like to spiritually step on our toes. I want us to take an inventory and see how easy it is to go after the things when our soul is thirsty and hungry, to go after the things of this world that do not satisfy, but leave us empty. And we reject and ignore and avoid the living water, the bread of life that is there to satisfy. Growing, maturing Christians learn this, whether by discipline or the hard way, but they learn this and they start to apply it and grow in this. Number one, when we are hungry for affirmation, assurance that we're doing a good job, that we look good, that we're fulfilling our call and our purpose. Do we pursue the food and the water of believing what people say about us or by feeding upon what God says about us? In social media, do you go after what people say about you more than what you know God says about you? We've all been through it. We've all faced rejection. Do people's words mean more to you than what God thinks about you? Not everyone likes me. And not everyone likes you. And if we desire and hunger and thirst to be liked by everyone, that's a slippery slope to walk down. But when we rest assured in what God says about us, man, that changes things. It would rock your world today if you understood how crazy God is about you and such authority, power, and gifting He has given you that the enemy wants to lie to you and tell you that you are a failure, a loser. And you know what? You have failed and failed and failed. Don't even try again. What are you going to thirst and hunger for? When money gets tight, we've all been there. Sometimes it's due to financial crisis and sometimes it's just due to our poor management. But what happens? Do we tend to panic and do we start to get anxious and start to wonder how we're gonna make do for the bills that come this month? Are we going to just restlessly pursue the things that we can get that are going to satisfy our needs or are we going to run to Jehovah Jireh, our provider and say, Daddy, I need you, we need you to provide. So many of you have testimonies about that. Are you willing to give out of your need to receive what God has for you? We give out of our abundance very easily. We have a lot, so we're gonna give. What about when you're without? Will you give from your lack? That's the test of pursuing. Righteousness. That's where God wants to bless you. When you're exhausted and weary from the busyness of life and all the expectations are thrown onto your plate, do you hit the pause button and say, just stop? And do you make space for what is most important to fill you? Or do you fill your life with even more activity and more stuff to keep you occupied? Because that's what brings you fulfillment. Do you look to the Lord for rest? Or do you look to the world for rest that tells you do more, work more? I can rest when I die, you hear. No, we need to rest in the Lord. When Sunday church, uh uh-oh. When Sunday church isn't feeding you or providing what you need in your season of life and you're just frustrated with how the church does church. I just wish they would do it this way. Do you press in? and step up and say I'm here to serve where can I help how can I pray for the leadership what do you what do you guys need is there any is there anything that uh, anyone in need that I can be praying for or serving or do you leave The church in frustration, do you take your ball, pack up your things and leave and go to another church? (laughs) Smart. (laughs) Elevation, community, church, uh, I'm looking for an associate. (laughs) No, but so many do. And here's the sad thing that really rips my heart is most people who leave a church out of frustration or self, something lacking in providing for self, never connect to another church. That is so sad. You know, God may call you to another church movement. Maybe he wants to bless you in a season that you're in, then maybe this church or a church that you're going to can't meet that need right now. Maybe it's a marriage ministry. Maybe it's something else. Follow the Lord. But when that need is met, let your roots go down. Get connected and start serving and spreading the love and the gifts that God has given you. Where do we find our thirst and our hunger? When your marriage hits a wall of challenges, do you run after the Lord to give you wisdom and strength and humility to surrender your will and your needs that aren't being met, by the way, to Christ and say, God, this isn't easy, but I need to pick up my cross. I need to deny myself. This marriage isn't about me right now. How can I serve my spouse? I don't want to, but how can I to be more like you? And that may mean, friends, listen up, husbands and wives, that may mean going to a professional Christian counselor who can help bring food and water to your dying, thirsty marriage. Where are you getting your needs for your thirst and hunger in your marriage? Or what we see so often is they disconnect from each other even more. They don't work on the things that need to be worked about because it's just too difficult or she won't change or he's too stubborn and we go further and further away. And then what happens? We start filling that thirst and hunger that only our spouse is supposed to give us and only God is supposed to give us. And we find it in other things and people and then when it just gets way too messy we have no other choice we tell ourselves but to give up now this is not a condemnation for people who have been divorced that's not what the sermon is about what the sermon is about is where are you thirsty and hungry and where are you going to fulfill that hunger and thirst. There is only one true foundation. There is only one river of life. There is only one bread of life that will give us what we need. And can I end on this one? I had a bunch more. But when our political, uh uh-oh. Just saying and you can come talk to me, I, I don't have time to say this, what I'm saying, what I'm not saying, but here it is. When our political preferences and our personal freedoms are threatened or even attacked. Are you living today? You know that that's happening, right? Do we act like our boat is filling with water faster than we can bail out with buckets and we start to panic? We start to spread fear we lose hope, and we get consumed with every single thing hitting our phone news apps and our TV stations, and we're acting as if we're hopeless. The world is not what we knew it. And the end is coming. Yeah, it's going to come. And we need to understand. <laughs> Do I go there? <laughs> we, need, we need to understand, friends that the government and politics of this world will never satisfy the longing that the kingdom of God is going to bring into us. It's not. Yes, I love our country and I want to see the things of the constitution and the the right things, the righteousness and justice of our country to be there. But if they're not there, I don't lose hope because my kingdom is not of this world. And I'm not going to search and hunger and thirst for the things that aren't there anymore. That's why God says that he's our ever present help in times of trouble. He will never change. He will never fade away. He will never leave us or forsake us. That's the hope we have. So we go about our lives filling up our soul with things that never seem to satisfy, but we continue pursuing them anyways, longing and craving and even lusting after possessions, status, reputation, wealth, and fame, pleasures through sexual fantasies, unhealthy relationships, pornography. We numb our pain and unfulfilled desires with alcohol, nicotine, drugs, you name it. The saddest thing, and even the scariest thing is the more and more we go after these things I mentioned, the more and more empty we become. It doesn't make sense. Oh, but it does. When we acknowledge we were designed for something much greater than this world and that will outlive all of our earthly possessions, now we can live our lives knowing that our thirst and hunger will always be satisfied in Jesus Christ. So as the band comes up, I wanna leave you with two things. Number one, an application. Number two, a hymn to wash over you as a prayer from this message. Number one, this is a phone app that everyone can get on their phone. I believe you can even do it on your desktop. It's called the One Minute Pause app by a guy named John Eldridge. Many of the guys know him, he, he uh, wrote Wild at Heart but he's also written a book called Take Your Life Back. I really encourage you to get that book. Right, Ernie? It's an amazing book. And this One Minute Pause app came out of this book. It's an amazing app. You can schedule reminders. Mine's at 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. And at 10 a.m. and 3 p.m., I get a notification, it's time to pause. And they have one minute pauses where you literally, you can listen to music and listen to his voice saying the prayer and the scriptures, or you can do it without. And you just say, Jesus, I give everything and everyone to you, God. Restore my union with you. Saturate me, fill me. Jesus, be the center of everything I am. One minute, twice in your day will change your day, change your perspective and it will change your life. What wells in your life are you stopping at to refill? Wow. What wells in your daily life are you stopping at to refill? And this hymn goes like this, like the woman at the well. Anyone know it? I was thirsty for things that couldn't satisfy. But then I heard the Savior calling, draw from my well, it will never run dry. There are millions in this world who are seeking for pleasures earthly goods afford, but none can match the wondrous treasure that I find in Jesus Christ, my Lord. Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up, make me whole can you just sing that fill my cup Lord I lift it up Lord come and quench this thirsting of my soul bread of heaven feed me till I want no more fill my cup Fill it up and make me whole. And now let's stand and let's fill up as we seek God to give us what only he can give. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly impact Bible study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.